0: You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome back to Mountain Bike Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Ben Welnack. And with me, I have... This is a little bit different, so hang in there. uh, Mental skills coach and author of On Top of Your Game, Carrie Cheadle. Carrie, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, So people listening. Uh, this is a little bit different. So we, I, I found Carrie uh, through some social media somewhere, but I thought it'd be really cool because uh, I know nothing about mental skills training. I don't know anything. And so I'm kind of assuming that others don't. Um, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go through uh, what is it, what Carrie has to offer, and then we'll talk about the book. So hopefully you guys take something away from this. You know, maybe add something to your daily routine or contact Carrie and I'll link on this show page. Um, I'll link all the show notes. So if you have any questions for her, you can go to her website, contact her or uh, sorry, Carrie, this is kind of long. But with the app, uh, there's a lot of new listeners. And if you're listening to this on the app, on the screen, there's a little E at the bottom right corner. So if you're listening to this, click on that, and it'll take you to all the show links, um, so you can contact her through that. So huge introduction, Carrie. Sorry about that, but no. we have a lot of new listeners with all the app going free and everything. Um, so thank you for thank you for joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's dig right into it. Uh, you know, let's you know we were talking before the show, uh, before we get into kind of the the outline that we had set. Let's just talk a little bit. Spend a couple minutes talk about your story. How did you get to kind of where you're at now?
1: Yeah. So I, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I growing up, I, um, right? I'm going way back here.
0: Oh, <laughs> hey, a lot of people that that determine a lot you of have, things. So.
1: The story. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to like even when I was a kid and growing up, I was not an athlete. I was not encouraged, you know, to, you know, sports wasn't just wasn't a part of our sort of family culture, um, outside of, you know, the family softball league, uh, which I was super passionate about, even though I was too young to play, I would go to the games and I would watch, but really, you know, I didn't come into my athletic experiences until later, until I was in college. And so, um, so when I was in college, I was studying, um, psychology and I thought I wanted, you know, I knew I wanted to help people. And the thing that was interesting that I learned through that process is that what I learned is that I, I didn't want to help. I, I It wasn't right for me to help people that were um, with clinical issues. After I sort of had studied that, I realized that, that that wasn't my strength, that my strength was more in sort of leadership and outdoor education and experiential, experiential education and sort of um, life skills. And I, but I didn't know how to bring that to life. I didn't know what that was going to look like because I really thought, you know, as I graduated and walked across the stage during my undergraduate, that was when I realized, Oh, this isn't what I'm supposed to do or this isn't what I want to do. So, so I, you know, like any great, um, undergraduate, I, I ran off to Europe actually for a couple months to do my post-graduation two month European tour. (laughs) And then came back and decided to move to tahoe and um and just played and did my sports that I was doing at that point, which were it was mostly um it was mostly climbing and and snowboarding and snowboarding I still do I haven't climbed in a long time, but I was uh, you know I was a climber I was a dirtbag climber and um and it was through those experiences of climbing and snowboarding and really um getting into my own sports and and early in my college years, I used to race cars and it was through all of those experiences and sort of seeing, um, my own head games and my own sort of how I would psych myself out as well as watching my friends and you know, the different things that they would go through and struggle with knowing full well that they were supremely capable and, but not supremely confident. So I kind of saw all these things happening and, and had my own struggles with, with confidence and coming back from injury that i i started to think about well, how how does all of this connect and i knew i wanted to continue my my schooling i'm a great student i love school <laughs> and I, and i decided i want to go get my masters didn't know what i wanted to get it in um and and psycho, sports psychology kind of fell in my lap before that point i had no idea it existed even though it had existed at that point and you know and has existed for quite some time like the first experiment ever done in sports psychology was done in the late 1800s. I had no idea. It was not in my program anywhere. So I, you know, I happened upon this program and decided, Oh my God, that's it. That's what I want to do. And so I went and got my master's and have been working with athletes ever since.
0: Wow. So this, I'm interested in the racing car aspect. How long (laughs) long did you do that? Like what kind of cars?
1: So I, uh, you know, it was, it was like an open category. So I was racing at that time. I was racing a a Mustang sailing and God, this was years ago. So it was like, you know, I did it for like two or three years. It would kind of be like, uh, you know, it like recreational competitive, you know, mountain biking or cycling. It's racing like that, but it was racing cars instead of bike. Wow.
0: Did you, uh, was there anything in that that you could, was that, are you a pretty competitive person? I guess is what I'm getting um, at. Like during doing that, did you learn anything that you didn't realize about yourself at before that? Cause racing <laughs> cars is kind of totally different than anything I would think.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's such a good question. I, I loved it. I loved it and I still miss it. And I still have like a visceral like feeling in my body when I think about racing and how much I miss racing and, and how palms
0: late. get sweaty and you're oh
1: yeah. yeah like I would um it's funny I talk about that in the book I th- I I you know I there's this moment where you're waiting for the green light to go so you pull up and the light's red and um and I'm waiting for my turn and I would be like I thought I was going to Throw up in my helmet. I was so <laughs> unbelievably nervous. It was painful. I was painfully nervous. And then, as soon as the green light hit, I was like, "Bam," on my way. And this all happened way before I studied sports psychology, so I've I had no idea how to get a handle on my nerves. But I knew I knew that as soon as the green light went, I was okay. And I knew that I that I loved being competitive, and that I loved beating people, and that I loved getting better. Um, but I you know, I, it was so new to me to be in that kind of competitive environment. I, I didn't outside of, you know, playing like my, my family was big on, on game night. So I, my competitive nature was there and has always been there, but it never had a sport outlet. It had different outlets with, okay. you know, like, um, trivial pursuits and Pictionary, but yeah. <laughs> I never worked. So it was, um, it was pretty eye opening. And I, what was interesting too, this is kind of like an aside, but I, so my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we both raced the same car, but we raced in different categories. So, it, like, we had repeated times where I would go out on the track and I would race and I'd do something awesome on the, you know, on the track, and they would talk about like a pass I made or whatever, and um, and I'd come into the pits. And people would come like to where you're pitted and come to, you know, want to talk to you about the the race. And they're like, they would come up and they would talk to Chad. My husband, they talk to Chad and be like, oh, my God, that was amazing when you did this. And he's like, yeah, that that wasn't me. That was Carrie. That was that wasn't my race. And they'd look at me and go, wow. And then they would turn and keep talking to Chad like they just couldn't talk to me. So I was one of the only women out there doing it at that, at that time. So it was, that was really interesting to me too. Just like, and it just made me want to be better. It made me want to beat them even more.
0: (laughs) Right. Huh. That's, it's just interesting that, you know, it would have been interesting to, to see, well, I'll, I'll I'll ask you about it later. Um, I have an idea. (laughs) But, uh, so it's a lot of good stuff leading up to kind of just kind of all seem to fall in place, you know,
1: It really did. things happening.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, cause a lot of people are probably listening to this thinking like they don't even know what they think they might know what mental skills training is, but I'm sure they really don't know what it is. So can you just tell people exactly what it is?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, um, so the work that, you know, the work that I, that I do with my athletes and mental skills training, it's, it's all really, it's all about helping, helping people perform with more confidence, more consistently. So it's, you know, if you've ever had the experience of being in, um, in a race or just, or not, you know, it doesn't even have to be a race. It could be training or just being out on your bike or doing whatever and feeling like, you didn't perform to your potential. And the only reason is because you were your own biggest obstacle. That's, that's kind of where I come in and that's the work that I get to do. So I, you know, mental skills training is all about, um, you know, working on, um, on confidence and focus and, um, and goal setting and motivation. And it's, it's building all these skills that, that sometimes we don't necessarily think about as skills, you know, so you do, you've got your, you know you have your coach that that works on your training plan and you do your um you know your your physical fitness and you have and you'd work on your bike handling skills and i come in and and kind of work on the the brain skills basically or like the you know what a lot of people think about is is mental toughness or or mental resilience so i you know we don't because we don't think about those things we, you know we don't always think about confidence or focus or motivation as a skill so we don't Really think about how we would work on that skill or improve that skill, um, but they are skills, and so that's what I get to come in and do and help people figure out. You know, kind of assess. So, what is it? What is it that you need in order to accomplish your goals, and what's holding you back? And then figure out, okay, what do we need to work on in order to to make that happen? It's a lot
0: cheaper what? than a five thousand dollars bike.
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> absolutely.
0: So who would be, you know, who would be a good candidate for this? Is this like something that okay, so they contact you and say, "Hey, uh, I'm wondering about what you do, Carrie," right? Yeah, so yeah. is it anybody that can benefit from this? Like who who's a good candidate?
1: That's okay. a good question. I you know, I've got I've worked with everyone from like recreational to to um elite and professional athletes. So it's it's really been amazing and interesting to me to see that it's run the the gamut, and that I've worked with every every level of athlete in a lot of different sports. So you know, a lot of he like my typical athletes that contact me. I get a lot of people that are feeling um you know feeling a lot of pre performance anxiety and feeling like they don't they're so nervous before their events that they can't um, that it kind of ruins their enjoyment of it. That's a, you know, it's a big one that I get is just people putting a lot of pressure on themselves and feeling nervous about performing. Um, and then I'll get, you know, I get a lot of people that are recovering from injury and trying to build their confidence back up, getting back into, um, into training and and competition. And that's a big one. Actually, I get a lot of, um, you know, I work with a lot of endurance athletes and I work with a lot of cyclists and mountain bikers. That's my, um, sort of my specialization is endurance athletes. And so I get a lot of, I get a lot of people who've crashed, and are, um, feeling nervous coming back into it. And so, um, but then I also get people that are just trying to figure out like how, how to add mental skills training into their, into their game plan. You know, that you know, just like they would, you know, figuring out their physical training, they want to figure out, well, how do I do my mental training? What does that, that look like? So it's, um, you know, I God it's been, I've worked with anyone from someone trying to figure out how do I, how do I have the motivation and confidence to make physical fitness, a bigger part of my life, all the way to, you know, I'm performing, you know, I'm, I'm going to race at nationals and I want to, and I'm, my goal is to get on the podium.
0: So it's not nice, as just simple as, you know, saying, cause my first thought is like, okay, you know, somebody listen to this or whoever, they're going to be like, well, just relax. you know like what do you say to that i mean if somebody's like their first thing is like well i don't need it i i'll just this time i'll just relax what do you say to that
1: that's a good question i'll say okay go ahead and try that and then give me a call when it doesn't work (laughs) 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 because it's right i mean it's it's not not, it's not that yeah yeah if it was we'd be able to do it. If it was, I wouldn't have felt like I was going to puke in my helmet. I, I didn't have the tools at that point to know how to relax. And so you get that a lot too with coaches that are like, you know, you that's such a <laughs> sort of a cliche, a cliche kind of thing is like, just focus out there. And like, <laughs> what does that
0: even mean? Oh, right. Yeah. Tell
1: me how to do it. Yeah, exactly. So the how to do it part is the part where I come in. So if you feel like, God, I know, I just need to relax, but you're not. Then I can come in and tell you how to do it or any of those things. Like I just, all I need to do is get out of my own head and stop thinking, but I can't. Then yeah. I come in and tell you how to, how to do that.
0: It's like saying, just try harder. Like what yes. do you yeah. mean? Right. It,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you work with, uh, I'm assuming then just from what you've said, you work with other coaches. So like, you know, like at, we have a LW, Linda Wallenfels, we have a LW coaching show. She comes on every couple of weeks and does a show. I know she trains a lot of like higher level as well as a lot of you know mid lower whatever but she has a lot of people that do a lot of pretty high profile races and that kind of thing you work with somebody like you know linda or how does that work you just work with the athletes or you kind of do a mix of both whoever comes your way
1: yeah i do both like i do you know i have a lot of individual athletes and then i also have some teams um teams that i consult with and then with coaches what's been interesting is something you know sometimes i'll just have coaches that you they'll use you know they'll refer some of their athletes to me when right. they have an athlete that they feel like is just kind of sabotaging their, themselves or, or getting in their own way and they and they've tried things and it's just not quite working they'll um they'll do that but I've also actually consulted with coaches on their own performance as oh, a coach gosh. um and then I um and that that's been that's been interesting that hasn't been um you know that's not the bulk of my clients, but I've had a few that, that just like want to be able to have sort of sounding board and, and figure out how to be a better coach, both in with their athletes and in their business. And then also um get ideas for, you know, this is the thing that's happening with my client. Do you have any ideas of how I could work with that person?
0: Yeah. I can just imagine from you know, from the coaching perspective, after a while they'd they'd just get sick of saying, Well, just focus and they don't know yeah. what else to say, right? So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And for the coaches too, it can be frustrating because you feel like this isn't always the case, but some of the coaches I've worked with, they'll feel like that, you know, they're frustrated because they want to help this person and they don't know how, and they've tried everything in their toolbox and it, and nothing's working. And that's really when it's like they, that person just might need more support, more sort of specialized support with a mental skills coach or a sports psychologist.
0: That's really good to know that I think I'd be pretty useful to uh to a lot of people. Um, so get, can you, do you have a couple like uh, I don't know, success stories or maybe I'm interested in more of the person, maybe you have one or two that crashed and how you helped them bring it back because that's a huge thing. We've, we've all crashed and we've all had those rides afterward, whether it be a, a month or two, I had a, a good friend who broke crashed, broke his leg on, mm-hmm. on a road and he's finally getting back into it, but there's still going to be that tentative. Do you have any good examples of how you,
1: yeah. how I have a lot. I have, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's I, good. That's very good. That's that. very good. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, uh, one in particular, she was a roadie. So she was a, you know, a, a, a pretty high level, um, competitive road cyclist, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't do it professionally. Did it, did it recreationally, but, but, um, was very competitive and very, um, I, I think at the time, I can't remember now it was so long ago, but she was a cat three or cat two. And she just stands out to me. Cause she, she had a pretty traumatic cra- bike crash in a race. And, um, you know, the kind of crash where a lot of people wouldn't question someone not coming back into racing after that. And she, you know, when she contacted me, it was, um, she had just kind of gotten back on our, on her bike and was trying to decide whether or not she wanted to continue in her sport, um, because it was a bad crash and she didn't want to have a crash like that again. And so, you know, a lot in the beginning was just kind of processing, is this something she wants to do? And that's such a hard thing, I think, for athletes who've crashed when they're, they feel like they're at that crossroads is sometimes they'll work with me just so, just so they can get back in it and then decide that, you know, sort of make a conscious decision that they don't want to race anymore versus feeling like the decision was made for them out of their own fear. So that's the biggest thing I'm doing with, with those athletes is kind of working through that. So with her, man it was just really an amazing process. So she decided, you know, kind of after we were working on some stuff together, she decided she could do it and she had the confidence to do it and wanted to get back into, into racing and came back from this crash and questioning whether or not she wanted to continue to having the best season she'd ever had in her career. So you know, that was just amazing for me. And so, you know, it's really, sometimes it's it's an opportunity like what people i think re- find that they get from working with me or working with anyone on mental skills training after coming back from a crash is that they get these amazing skills that help them regain their confidence getting back into racing and getting back on the bike but it also helps them with everything you know it helps with them with their performance after that because once you have the skills and you kind of invest in yourself and you keep doing it you still have those skills with you so she just, you know, she was one of my favorite stories. And I have a lot like that with people who've crashed. And, and what's interesting too, you know, a few that like have, cr- you know, they crash. maybe they're later in their career and they had a, a crash. Maybe it was a little bit, um... Maybe the crash was a little harder to recover from, or, um, you know, they, they were fine and would always just jump back on the bike and, you know, do their rehab and they were fine and they could get back into racing. And then for some reason, something happened in this time, they're not bouncing back as quick. Like a lot of times we heal physically before we heal mentally. And, and if you've always bounced back mentally and all of a sudden you don't, it can be, um, it can be scary and it could be like, what the hell's going on? And why, and why am I struggling this time when I wasn't before? And then you're angry at yourself. And so I've worked with a few of those of just kind of helping to normalize what's happening in the brain and why this is happening now. And then just giving them the tools to kind of, to regroup and, and regain confidence and get back into it.
0: That happens even when you're not, uh, coming back from a crash too, like, you know, say you, it's like the end of the fall and you're just like sick of riding and then you take it, let's say, cause I just did this, right? So I've been right, like pretty seriously riding for like five years, six, uh, six years. And I haven't taken a break more than a couple of weeks for like a long time. And finally have two young kids. And I was kind of, I trained for this race going into December and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take some time off. It turned into basically three months off. Mm. And during that period, you get those thoughts, like, you know, you get the process, like at first it's okay. And then you're like, well, you kind of get angry and mm. you're like deciding, you know, the motivation is kind of off or whatever. It's same with the, the same with the crash and your motivation's off a little bit, but then you're wondering, is it is it just the fact that like, I want to be done or is it just yep. the fact that I just haven't done this for a while? Like what? So you kind of, it's you kind of go through that same process. Um, And I think it's interesting because you want to know, like, is it just because I just don't want to do this anymore or is it just because I just need to get back into it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Motivation
0: thing is I can imagine a lot of people come to you with stuff like that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I get that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like people who are feeling all of a sudden they're feeling burnout on their sport and not really sure if they want to continue, but they still love it. So they're really conflicted. And that transition, like of trying to figure out exactly what you're saying, like, well, am I just, is this sort of a, am I naturally just kind of transitioning out or do I just need to get my head back in it? And they really genuinely don't know. And so, yeah, that's one of the things Mm -hmm. we'll work on is, is figuring that out and getting to the place where you you know whoever that athlete is is that they feel good about whatever decision is whether it's moving forward or moving away from it or just changing your relationship with it i think that's been really interesting with cycling and kind of specializing in that sport is that i'll see um that you know it's it's such a it's such an interesting sport because it can be you know once you get in it's it you feel right. exactly exactly and so people don't know how to like they, they have a hard, some people have a really hard time being any other way of all in or all out. And so that's one of the things we work on is trying to figure out, is there a gray area? And can you be okay with that gray area? Because so many people feel like, well, if I'm not all in, I'm not a real cyclist. Yeah. And so we kind of dispel that myth a little bit and just try and help redefine what what their relationship is with their sport and what they want it to look like and not care what anyone else thinks about what they're doing
0: see this is where i jump in with my non-mental skills training background and say yeah (laughs) you don't you just don't have to be all in or all out
1: i know yeah.
0: like especially here at mountain bike radio so we have a lot of racing stuff um you know like endurance uh racing report and uh, nutrition and coaching and all that stuff. But really like my perspective, like I don't really care. Like if you're out there doing anything good, you know, but yeah. my uneducated mental skills just says, just do whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that's where my problem is. So, yeah. um, all right. So uh, kind of give people an idea of what it is and kind of the, what you do with them. Um, can you talk about this specific services that you perform? Like, so if somebody contacts you, emails you and says, Hey, I need help. Yeah. What what can you offer?
1: I do. um, So I, you, with my individual athletes, I have athletes all over the country and and even internationally too. So I do a lot of like phone and Skype sessions with my athletes. And so with my, with my individuals, we usually do, you know, there's a, I have a six, 12 or 18 session package. So we kind of, we might have our first meeting and sort of figure out, you know, what, what it is that they want to get out of it and what they're struggling with. And then I kind of, I get to sit with all that and sort of assess, all right, so what do we need to do moving forward in order to help you accomplish your goals and, and get out of this, what you want to get out of it. And then we, we might figure out what the best, you know, what the best method would be moving forward. And so, so then we meet, like I'll meet with people, I'll meet with athletes. Usually, you know, sometimes in the beginning it's once a week, but sometimes it's every other week um, depending on their travel schedule, you know, if they're, if they're in their race season and they're traveling, but, um, and then I, um, you know, we meet and then I usually give homework too, in between sessions. So I'm always, I love giving homework. So my athletes are, always, they're always you, working on something.
0: You just but love yeah. school.
1: Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't get away from it. Yeah. I do, you know, so I do a lot of work with individual athletes and then I also have, I consult with, um, with teams and I'll come out and do, um, camps. Like I've all some, you know, sometimes can't, uh, if someone's doing a training camp, they might want to have me come out and do a couple workshops or meet with athletes individually. Um, I do, I've been doing some webinars for different, um, organizations and for, um, for teams. So I do, I get to do a little bit of everything.
0: It sounds good. And it sounds like you're pretty adaptable to, to people's needs too, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, you know, other, there are people that sort of have, you know, and there's, there's not that there's anything wrong with this. There's actually something beneficial to this too, but there's people that sort of have like a set program that they might do and come in and say, this is what I do. But I, I, I assess the needs of each person and each group and team that comes in. And then we figure out, okay, what fits with, you know, what fits in with what you guys are looking for and with your budget. Yeah.
0: It's more work on your end, but
1: yes, it is. <laughs> that's know. that's
0: why a lot of those people, I'm assuming, do that because, I mean, truthfully, if you're in any consulting perspective and uh, listeners, you're getting a little inside scoop because you know from like Kelly Jennings does nutrition stuff. I have coaches I I talk to and have on the air and on Mountain Bike Radio, and you know from their perspective, they're just overloaded. They want to provide as much as they can to people, but then to a certain extent, they have to do like basically canned you know things to to offer up too, because that way they can get more you know offered to more people so anyhow, yeah so what I'm saying is your people listening carrie is is very accommodating, so
1: <laughs> yeah. don't take
0: advantage of it, but do take advantage of it <laughs> yeah
1: exactly
0: so, um, all right cool, so let's talk about the book uh the book on top of your game uh and it looks. And people check out, like I said before, I'll have a link to the show notes. I'll have a link to the book. It's only $15. So she's going to do a little, um, give you a little bit of information about it. If you like what she has, check out the book. Um, that might be a good way to, if you've been thinking about this kind of stuff and you've been having issues, um, this might be a good way to like get a a pretty relatively cheap, um, uh, way to get an idea of what's going on and then. You know, you can decide, hey, she's great. I love it. I'm going to contact her. So, nice. yeah. So talk about the book.
1: Yeah. you. Well, it's funny that you say that because, like, you know, that was one of my goals for for writing the book was I wanted – I just wanted more people to be able to have these tools and sort of recognized that not everybody can afford to work with me. But it was, you know, one of the catalysts for the book was I I had this string of athletes that were feeling so unbelievably nervous before their uh, competitions that they started to question whether or not they wanted to continue in their sport. And these were people that loved their sport. And I still get athletes like this. And I felt like, oh my God, this is breaking my heart to think that there's athletes out there that are thinking about quitting their sport when they just need these tools and maybe they can't afford to work with me. Like, this is the book I needed when I was thinking about puking in my helmet on the start line of my races. Like if I had this book, that wouldn't have happened. So that's exactly, you know, what the book is. It's if you're looking to figure out like just get an introduction to mental skills training. Or if you're, you know, if you get nervous before your events or during your events, or you put pressure on yourself, this is exactly the book that you need. Cause it, it really, it walks you. You know, my other goal was I wanted to write a super user friendly book that inspired athletes to actually do the things that I talked about. I don't want you to just read it. I want you to do it. So, uh, you know, all of the, each chapter, you know how we were talking about earlier with the that all these things are skills you know each chapter has tools at the end of the chapter that um that walks you through here's what you can do to work on this on this skill of, um, goal setting or motivation or confidence or whatever it is. Um, and I put all the worksheets, you know, um, I mean, you can, it walks you through, so you could just write it down, but I also created worksheets. So if people are like, I'm not going to take a piece of paper and write it down, you just go download the worksheet, print it out from my website and fill it out right there. And I've, you know, I've gotten some really, really incredible feedback where people actually took it. They were like, Oh my gosh, this is great timing. Took the book, read it, did the exercises, right before a competition they were doing and, you know, got gotten to contact with me with me um, either through email or Facebook or did a review. And they were like, Oh my God, this was amazing. It totally worked. I did all this stuff and I had an amazing event. Thank you so much. So if you're, you know, it's a, it's a, a really, it's a, it's a, and I say this with supreme confidence. This is how you know I've worked on the skills in the book. It is a really good book. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good book, and it has really great tools in there um, for working on your mental game.
0: And it's available on Kindle too, so people can just go to Amazon and
1: download that. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and if you go on Amazon, I think they usually run a twenty percent off. So I think the paperback's twelve, like twelve bucks, and then the Kindles, um, I think it's ten. It's some it's something close to that.
0: Okay. So it's no brainer. Yeah, right. I, and, and from a guy's <laughs> perspective, I can see this as like they're they're reading it, and then they finally admit to themselves that they actually need more help. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like the the rationalization process that a guy has to go through to say, "Oh, it's I'm making the decision. I, I see that this book is like a good step for that." So yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I like I said, I'll link that in the. In the show notes. So if anybody has a question on the book, um, can you give, I want to leave people with, you know, one or two tips or three, whatever you got, I guess. Um, but just a, a few tips or things to think about that they could maybe think about in their daily, you know, wake up in the morning or before they ride or before they go to sleep or whatever. Do you have any tips you could offer?
1: Yeah. Uh, buy my book is the first step. <laughs> <laughs> because it has all the tips in them, in there. But like, well, oh, that's such a good question. Well, one thing, so if you're here's a here's a good tip. If you're feeling like um, you know, you wake up in the morning and you know, and you go to work and you're going to get your training right in after work and you, you know, you're in your work day and you're feeling like, oh god, I don't want to go out on my bike or I just don't want to get my workout in, spend 2 minutes just actually visualizing yourself out on the bike and out on your ride and enjoying it and feeling strong and having fun and just spending that two minutes seeing yourself doing it makes it more likely that you'll actually get on the bike after work. And you can do it, you know, the night before too, as you're going to bed, like if you're, if you're training ride something that has to happen in the morning before you go to work and you're like, Oh God, I just don't know if I can get up when the alarm goes off. Before, as you're going to bed, do same thing, like, you know, spend a couple minutes seeing yourself, seeing the alarm go off, seeing yourself getting up, feeling excited, feeling ready to go, you know, whatever it is, it's you're, you're laying the pathway and you're you literally you're sort of, you're creating that neural pathway in your brains and, and kind of planning that behavior. Um, so that's a good, that's a good tip for people who are like, Oh, God, I don't know if I want to go <laughs> get my get my time in. So another good tip, these are kind of all over the place, but another one. So for people who are maybe coming back after a crash and feeling a little hesitant and, and feeling, um, I, and, and not feeling as confident as you were before you, your crash, a lot of times I'll have people and even my, my professional cyclists, um, I'll recommend that people go out and do some bike handling skills, like either, you know, depending on, Depending on what level you're performing at or, and, and your ability. Like sometimes I'll actually have people go do a class. Like even if you're you have great bike handling skills, sometimes things get sort of flipped around in your brain and, and that's not what you're focusing on anymore. You're you're so focused on being internal and being nervous and not wanting to crash that you're not tuned into the things that you need to be focused on to just perform sort of normal skills that you, that you already, that you already had, I just need to be reminded that they're there. So it kind of helps with that. So, and if you're, if you feel like I don't need to take a class, I'll have them go do their own. They, you know, go today, your workout is working on bike handling skills and just doing those drills that you know how to do. And it can help that, you know, it's just one of the, the things that can kind of help you move back on that, on that path. Um, And then my last tip, I'll give another tip. I have so many tips, but my other tip is, um, you know, if you really want to improve your performance, think about being more deliberate with your training. So, um, you know, depending on what the goal is and depending on what it is that you want to improve, you can create, you know, create opportunities and training for you to work on those skills. So like I had a, um, I had a he was a mountain biker, but, um, but he was doing, he was doing cross, he was doing cyclocross as well. So his main sport was mountain biking, got into cyclocross and, and needed to work on getting, you know, his, his dismount, his mountain dismount. So I said, okay, well that's your training for today. Go practice that. So, so just recognizing that there's, if there's something you want to work on that you can create opportunities to practice it. It doesn't have to just happen during the race, you can figure out, well, what is it that I want to work on today? If today, and it could be a mental thing too, if it could, it could be, well, today I want to work on, um, you know, pushing myself to, you know, I just did a webinar for training peaks on the psychology of suffering. So maybe the goal is to work on suffering during that, um, you know, during your training that day or work on, um, staying positive and pushing yourself as hard as you can, even though you don't want to be there, you know, so there's all kinds of things you can do, to be more instead of just getting in your workout and, and checking it off your to-do list of really actually using it to build and improve on your performance.
0: Hmm. I think those are pretty, pretty darn good. Three tips. So, uh, so my last um, part is, yes. so now you have a new client. All right. And, Her name is Carrie, the racer. (laughs) What are you going to say to her? Like, what are you going to say? You have, I don't know, five minutes. What are you going to say in that initial consultation that, so she doesn't puke in her helmet? Uh,
1: The first thing I would say, I'd say, Carrie, you're a rock star. You have all of the ability in the world. You just have to trust yourself. Now, as far as those butterflies in your stomach and the fact that you feel like you want to puke in your helmet, What you need to do is what your body's doing is giving you a physiological response, getting you amped up for this race because you're excited. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to reframe what you're feeling. And instead of you labeling it as being nervous, you're going to label it as your body's getting you ready to get out there and perform and wipe the floor with these guys out on the racetrack. So instead of those butterflies being something bad, those butterflies are giving you energy and getting you excited and getting you ready to race. So as soon as that green light goes, know that that energy is behind you and you'll be ready to go. And you've got this.
0: Hmm. That's that's pretty good. I- Before, before we get on the air or before we got on the air, I told her, I was telling Carrie how, um, and believe it or not, people, I get a little bit nervous before we hit record sometimes, Um, (laughs) especially with Carrie, because I I know nothing, you know, knew nothing about the the topic. Um, So I guess that would have been a good indication that, you know, that nervousness wasn't me just worrying about, you know, screwing. It wasn't worrying about screwing up. It was just like getting ready to learn something basically.
1: Yeah. We're like, Carrie's super awesome. And I'm really excited (laughs) to. (laughs) Exactly. So,
0: all right, cool. Carrie, I I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing, you know, all this good information and hopefully people, um, you know, if you have any questions, just feel free to contact her or shoot me an email, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. And I can forward it on, get you in touch. Um, And if you're too nervous to take that step, check out the book. Um, You know, like she said, it's easily accessible, cheap, um, and a a good resource. So that'll do it. So thank you, Carrie. Yeah,
1: thanks, Ben.
0: Yeah, no problem. And uh, thank you all listeners uh, for listening to another episode on Mountain Bike Radio.